My name is Leif Farnison. My brother Anders and I are on a mission to help 1 million vegans get into the best shape of their lives. We firmly believe that the more healthy and fit vegans there are, the faster we can change the world. Let's work together to inspire change, spread compassion, and challenge the status quo. Welcome to the Vegan Gym Podcast. So today I have Coach Ben on the podcast and we were just talking earlier about social media and how that can have kind of a profound impact on how you view your own kind of personal success, whether that's in your fitness or your relationships, your career, seeing other people who have accomplished the things that you want to accomplish and portray that in a certain way can uh, have an effect on how you view yourself. And that's just something that's really important to keep in mind. So we were talking earlier and Ben was kind of sharing his experience about uh, using social media. So I'd love to uh, have you just kind of share that and we'll we'll jump into uh, sharing some tips around social media use. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me on, Leif. I'm really glad to be here and to uh, share my story and just some of the things that I have come to realize over the years using social media. And I'm sure that that is something that we all have familiarity with. You know, it's very pervasive in uh, most of our lives these days. So I think that being able to be a mindful consumer of that is uh, a skill that is important to have. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important. So I think I could start by talking a little bit about my um, history and relationship with social media and kind of some of the um, first places where it kind of cropped up. So um, when I was in high school, I think the first kind of form of social media that I got on was Facebook. So um, I had friends who um, were on, you know, Snapchat and Instagram, like all the way back in middle school. But I didn't really get, you know, I had a smartphone when I was in seventh or eighth grade. And that's actually pretty late to get one these days. Like kids these days, I think, are getting, you know, smartphones when they're in elementary school still, which is wild to me. Um, I actually got my first smartphone when I went to college. So I had a flip phone. Yeah, me beat. Uh, <laughs> I had a flip phone up through uh, all of high school, but yeah, it is uh, something that kids are just getting exposed to way earlier these days. And uh, I mean, that's a whole podcast topic, like separately talking about like what age should kids be allowed to go on social media? Because some of these things apply to you know, no matter what age you are, especially as you're forming your own identity as you're younger, and um, you know, if the way that you view yourself is kind of being shaped by. Uh, things that you're seeing that are perhaps not reflective of reality um, and you're kind of maybe viewing it through the lens of social media instead of like what you're seeing in your everyday to day life um, that can have definitely an impact and I'm really glad that I didn't you know get on social media until I was um, a little bit older in high school but even then like so um, for the high school that I went to Facebook was actually pretty popular which these days you think of as like oh like only old people are on Facebook but it was actually um you know pretty popular when I was in high school and uh, I still have a lot of friends um who you know use it these days and I think for me not going on uh or not having an Instagram or really a Snapchat until I got older was a really positive thing because I was pretty much just seeing the the people that I was friends with on um Facebook and I wasn't really um there wasn't really like an explore function or not as much as there is uh on Instagram so I was kind of just using it to connect with people that I knew and um I'd say overall my experience with it was pretty positive so I didn't get on Instagram until really I was like halfway through college, maybe three quarters of the way through. And this was right around the time that I was getting into fitness as well. So a lot of the accounts that I started following, um, in addition to like uh, my friends, um, keeping up with them on Instagram, it was um, people who were really involved with fitness. And, um, you know, the way that these algorithms work is you start engaging with a certain type of content or a certain community, and it'll show you more of that thing. So um, my Explore page very quickly became, you know, people with these amazing looking physiques and and bodies and uh, I started to kind of reflect on the way that it was making me feel when I saw these certain things and I realized that for some of these things that I was seeing I was feeling inspired Um, and you know I like I want to look like this person this is really motivating I can get there someday I just need to keep working hard Um, but then at the same time there are also individuals that I came across that made me feel like uh, you're never going to have this, like you're not as good as them and kind of feelings of lack rather than feelings of being inspired. Um, so I think one thing that I kind of started to realize was that I needed to find 
more individuals that were motivating me to be the best version of myself instead of making me feel as though I was not good enough or um, uh, feelings of lack um, and, you know, kind of having a uh, negative self-worth. So um, I think that that is kind of something that was one of the first big realizations for me as I started to use social media more. What was the kind of main difference between the people who inspired you and the people who kind of demotivated you in your fitness journey? That's a good question. I think, honestly, it was a combination of, like, did I think that what they had was achievable for me or not? Um, And then also, I noticed that, like, age had a big factor. Like, if I saw somebody who was kind of the same age as me, but they had accomplished a lot more than I had at, at that age, I started to compare myself even more. Like, oh, I'm 21 and they're 21, but, like, look where they are and look where I am. Like, uh, they like, I wish I had started doing this so much longer and like just started feeling all these feelings of like regret. But then I started reflecting on that and I'm like, I had no control necessarily of like when I started on this journey. And like, I'm comparing my year one to their year eight and thinking, why am I not the same as them? And it started to dawn on me that like, I can't compare where I'm at in my journey to where somebody else as is at in their journey. And the things that they're doing or have done are those things that necessarily I can commit to with my current lifestyle. I think that's another kind of important thing that. Yeah, I get that all the time. Uh, I get that all the time too. Um, Even now I will uh, sometimes feel myself thinking those thoughts and I'll, I'll realize that I'm looking at someone's physique and thinking, I, I guess the age thing really kind of has an impact on me too. So I'll look at somebody who's the same age be like, wow, they look really great. And I could, uh, he has better shoulders than I do. And like, I want to improve my shoulders or like, wow, how does he maintain abs like that year round? Like I would like more defined abs and stuff like that. So, um, and most people would look at me and think I'm relatively fit. So I think it's, it's, um, everyone is, everyone is kind of playing that game to some extent or another and it's, um, in their heads and that's something that's totally normal. But I think the less of that, um, that you do, the better off kind of mentally you're going to be in using social media and perceiving your own progress along your fitness journey. Um, I also feel that way in looking at, um, other people who have, uh, built businesses. Like I've always been really, um, kind of entrepreneurial. I've always been inclined, uh, in, in that way and seeing other people who are my age and have businesses that are 10 or a hundred times like the size. That's something that, um, that I also, uh, I try, I try to use those as sources of inspiration, but sometimes it's like almost your brain is wanting to pull you in the other direction and use that as a measuring stick for showing your inadequacies. And that's, I guess that's kind of a constant, uh, battle that I think lots of people fight. Yeah. And I think if you're able to kind of reframe it, and, you know, recognize those points where maybe you're looking at someone and you're feeling demotivated or, you know, feeling poorly about yourself as a result of finding um, or coming across that individual. Maybe you are able to reframe that and say, OK, what are some of the things that I can actually take away from this person? Like, what are some of the strategies that maybe they've used to build their physique or build their business? And can I apply that to myself and actually, you know, turn this from, OK, you know, oh, I, I feel terrible about myself because I'm not where they are, are. I'm not where they are at right now. Or can I look at it from the lens of this person's really successful? What are some of the things that they have done and can I apply those to myself? And I think the the quote like success leaves clues, I think that that can apply in many circumstances. And um, that isn't to say that, you know, you should always just be copying what everyone did in order to get successful. I think there's different paths for everyone and you need to kind of figure out um, and use your critical thinking in terms of like, okay, what has this person done? Has have a lot of successful people 
like what are the trends that I'm seeing? Have a lot of successful people done this kind of similar thing? Um, and if so, then it's probably something that I should consider. And it's kind of like um, science as well. Like what does the overwhelming evidence say? Like if one study says something, if one person says something, then maybe that's just one point of data. But if a lot of people are saying kind of the same thing or if a lot of studies are pointing in the right direction, then it's probably something that you should consider experimenting with yourself or taking into account. Yeah. And I think it's it's also really important, as you mentioned, to understand the difference between someone's uh, year one versus year 10. So as you were mentioning, hey, I'm a year into my fitness journey. If I am scrolling through social media, all of the super fit people that you're seeing with like the most amazing physiques and stuff. First of all, there's a lot of other things that go on behind the scenes that uh, we can get into in a little bit. But um, but also how, where are they at in their journey? So don't compare your year one progress with someone else's year 10, because that's not fair. Um, and if you, and I don't even think comparing your year one progress to someone else's year one progress is helpful either. But the main point of this is that uh, most of these people who you would deem as being successful have simply been doing these, whatever it is, longer than you have. And that um, I, yeah, I guess kind of going back to the entrepreneurial example, like I um, find, uh, I think there's a lot of like smoke and mirror stuff that happens in fitness in kind of the entrepreneurial world. And, um, I think those are pretty, uh, pretty similar in that regard, but I constantly, uh, I, I really like looking at people who are like 20 years into their business journey, or could even be 10 years into their fitness journey, 20 years into their fitness journey. I like seeing people who have been doing it for a while and just understanding that. I am uh, working to be on that path. And I just really try to source those examples as inspiration versus uh, like a, a means of comparison. And that's when I have found those stories to be most helpful for me personally. Yeah. And I think another thing kind of that you were hinting at there or kind of dancing around is like, what is optimal for you might not be what's optimal for somebody else like you have different confines within your life that allow you to dedicate certain amounts of time to certain things and have different priorities like let's say you work an 80 hour week and you have a family to support and you live a high stress lifestyle versus somebody who commits all of their time to growing their fitness brand and business or, you know, the college student who's taking three classes and has a ton of time to, uh, you know, be in the gym for multiple hours a day and cooking all their meals and lives a low stress lifestyle. Um, should you be comparing what you can do in the confines of your life to what they can do? Um, and I would say, no, I think you should try to think, okay, this is what my, these are what my priorities are one through 10 or one through five. And where does this thing that I'm comparing myself on? So like fitness, for example, where does that fall on my priority list and where might that fall on their priority list? And what does my life allow me to devote to this pursuit? So uh, if you're working long hours, if you have a family to support, maybe fitness is your number three or your number four priority. And maybe you have, you know, an hour a day to give to it. And maybe you have, you know, two hours on the weekend to, to prep meals for, for the entire week. Doing what is the most that you can do is, I think, the more productive thing to focus on. Like, how can I maximize these variables in the confines of my own life and with the priorities that I have? How do you balance acknowledging the confines of your life versus kind of uh, just feeling like you're making excuses or like what, what is the kind of main differentiator there that you would, would use? So I think if you are using your lifestyle to kind of validate the lack of effort that you're putting into something, I would say what that might look like is, okay, let's say you have, you know, a certain, I mean, something that I think people say a lot is like, I don't have time for this certain thing, but I don't really ever like saying that myself. I think what I like to say is it's not a priority for me right now because the reality is we have a certain amount of time each day. Let's say 
like we block off eight hours for sleep and you know you have 16 hours of a day you have time to do things like there is time in each and every day and you choose how you dedicate that time and if you know working these hours so you can provide for your family is priority number one that's a certain number of time that you know that has to get slotted in but there's time you know outside of those you know those main priorities where you can be dedicating it to certain things and let's say you say okay i don't have time for anything but then you are spending you know an hour every day scrolling on social media you know throughout the day maybe it's just five minutes every hour but if you're doing that like for you know 10 hours of the day that adds up very quickly and that could be time where you're doing other things or maybe you know you spend your evenings relaxing and watching a couple episodes of Netflix and that's another hour gone like there is time in every single day and that isn't to say that some people have less of it or more of it depending on what their priorities are for different things but I think say like reframing things and saying okay you know I am recognizing that there is time that I have that is perhaps not being used in ways that are in alignment with my ultimate goals Um, another kind of saying that I like is what do I want now versus what do I want most and I think oftentimes we get caught up in the what we want now and we're not thinking about the what we want most and maybe what we want most is to have you know a healthy lifestyle to have a, a a physique that you can be proud of but what you want now in the moment is I want that donut I want that to sit on the couch and and relax and I think the more that you can reflect on your ultimate why and make it a priority to carve out time in your day for that certain thing um, that is what maximizing you know your lifestyle looks like to me is like okay I'm gonna lay out clearly what my priorities are and I'm not gonna let the little stuff creep into that I'm gonna make sure that I'm doing all of those things and I'm not gonna make excuses and say I don't have time maybe I don't have like it's not a priority right now is something that you might say but I don't like saying that, you know, there isn't time for something. So I guess it comes down to making a reasonable commitment in terms of maybe the amount of times you're going to work out and the duration of those workouts. You're saying, hey, the minimum commitment here is I work out three times a week, 30 minutes each time. That is that is my baseline commitment. And then, um, and then you can't say, yeah, I'm really busy and I don't have time for this, you make kind of that minimum commitment. And then uh, if you have extra time throughout the week, like you can add, uh, you can add to that minimum commitment, but you just really define like, no, this is what I do for my fitness. Like, yes, fitness for me might be a number five priority in my life, but I still make this time every single week. And that's, even though it's my number five priority, it's still a priority. And so I'm going to make that time. Yeah. Is is that kind of how you view it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the more important things to realize is that there are going to be times in your life where these priorities are going to be shifting and changing and you don't necessarily have to get caught up in the way that you've done things before or the way that things have been. Like if, you know, fitness has not been a priority for you before and it's been your number 10 and you haven't devoted time to it, that is something that you have the power to change like you you can say you know what like I'm going to recognize where my priorities have been I'm going to make a change and I'm going to make a conscious effort to make sure that I have this time because ultimately one of the most important investments you can make is in yourself and um, in your you know well-being and if you're not showing up for yourself you're you're not showing up for other people as well Um, you know you're not showing up for uh, your work your career your family um, if you don't put in that time for yourself as well so I think that it is really important to say okay I can carve out this time here I'm going to do this thing and I'm not going to make excuses and say like oh I don't have time because I'm doing these other things like it's just either it's not a priority or uh, I think the way that I would encourage people to consider it is if you're not carving out that time for yourself you're not showing up as powerfully in those other ways in your life and you need to you need to likely make some time for that yeah i always like saying i, I like the kind of some points you brought up i i love saying um i guess i've really realized uh through kind of being diagnosed with cancer and going through that whole um kind of uh health situation i realized that if you don't have your health you really don't have anything like that is um, but at the same time, 
I guess I, I also believe that, um, fitness could be like your number three priority. So I guess, um, what are your thoughts on having both of those ideas coexist? Cause I guess, I guess I'm not, I guess I'm trying to think through this as well right now that, uh, based on the point you just brought up, but how do you kind of, you view both of those as being balanced? Yeah, I think it is, you know, it is tough. It's like, how do you balance the fact that like, okay, I have things that are more important to me than this one thing, but also I recognize that this thing in itself is important. And I think it comes down to like, what is ultimately realistic for you? Like maybe, you know, for example, for yourself, um, you know, growing your business is really important and fitness is something that has been your number one priority in the past, I'm sure. Um, but it's just not at that point right now. And so maybe, you know, it's still something that's really important and you want to make sure that you're dedicating, you know, still 45 minutes every day to, to go to the gym and make sure that you get that workout in. Um, but it's not as though, you know, uh, it's something that you're constantly thinking about. You're maybe not spending like in the past, you perhaps have spent like two hours in the gym and making sure that you have like longer workouts or, um, you know, dedicating more time to um, thinking about your programming and your training, et cetera. So maybe it's at a point where uh, you still want to maintain kind of the the things that you've um, built and the body that you have and, and continue to be making improvements. Um, but maybe it's not, you know, there, there are other things that are important as well. So I guess um, there's no easy answer to it, I think. I think it's just like, being clear with yourself what your priorities are and not saying like, okay, I have all these things that I want to do in the day. I don't really know where they're going to fit. I'll just figure it out as I go throughout my day. I think that's when things kind of start to go to the wayside or get left out because you haven't clearly like defined for yourself what are my priorities and what amount of time am I able to d devote to each of those every single day. Yeah. Uh, very interesting thoughts. And you kind of hit the nail on the head. So as you were talking, I was thinking, oh yeah, actually that is my experience. When I went, when I was in college, like fitness, I was, I was a huge nerd. I was like all into on school, but like right there tied with school was just my newfound love of fitness. And I was like, I want to go to the gym. I was, I was doing exactly that crushing my two hour workouts. My friend Marcus and I would, uh, we would watch, uh, Greg Plitt videos or Arnold Schwarzenegger videos, like get all pumped up to go to the gym. And then we'd go to the gym, work out for like two hours at a time. And we would do that, uh, at least five, usually six days a week. And I, yeah, I was like, I was just all about the gym. And that was like what I really built my life around. And yeah, I think, uh, right now I would consider my number one priority to be, growing our impact, like continuing to build our team, continuing to, uh, help as many people as possible and focus on that. So that's, so I have personally kind of, uh, view, um, experienced that shift in my own life. And, uh, yeah, so I'd probably say fitness is, is, um, realistically like a number three priority, uh, right now in my life, um, behind like our impact and, uh, and, working on my relationships in my life. So yeah, I think, um, as you touched on, I think there are different chapters in life and your, uh, areas of focus can shift around your priorities can shift and that's perfectly okay. But I, I guess, um, I, as you were talking, I was also thinking that, um, I've always really been on top of my nutrition like I've always really prioritized that. So I guess in kind of answering my own thoughts and question, um, health has always been number one priority. Uh, and I guess segmenting health, which is largely driven by nutrition, uh, with fitness, which is largely driven by actual exercise. I think that segmentation is, um, something that, that I, I would tease out to kind of answer that question. So I, I am very on top of my nutrition. Actually, I've been even dialing it in more as of late because I just, um, I feel like I've let it slip a little bit and I want to just really focus on consuming very, a very high quality diet, um, in, specifically in terms of micronutrients. So I guess that is kind of the, uh, the change that, that, um, 
that I've made. And that's, that's kind of how things have shifted. So where would you, uh, kind of put fitness on your, on your priority list? Is that something you've thought of? Yeah, it's interesting. I first want to touch on what you just said about like nutrition being uh, a priority and kind of teasing that out from fitness as well, which I think is really interesting because, you know, we all have to eat every single day. Like you can choose not to work out, but you have to eat like in order to, (laughs) to, to stay alive. So that's another thing where it's like, Nutrition might not even be on that priority list, but it's always a priority. Like it's always something that you're doing. Um, so I think, you know, having time to devote to that is ultimately one of the best investments you can make. And I would argue that you need to make. Um, That's uh, just to jump in real quick. Yeah. That's exactly, I think, uh, kind of the main point I was trying to touch on that I think you just articulated better. It's that you have to eat anyways. So you might as well eat healthfully. Like that's, that should be a priority. And that's kind of a priority that I've been trying to emphasize more. Absolutely. And and to answer your question about, you know, where fitness is a priority for me, um, I would say right now, uh, I feel as though it is, I don't know if I could assign a number to it, but I'd say it's pretty close up there to, um, you know, developing my career as a coach and, um, you know, making time to spend with friends and family, um, mainly because I feel that uh, right now for me, uh, my fitness is partially, you know, for myself because I want to be able to um, develop my physique and and be uh, kind of the best that I can be. But it's also to set like a good example for like, okay, what you can accomplish. Um, I mean, as a person, but as a vegan as well and showing people like I like to think of myself as like I am a walking billboard for the things that I uh, preach and uh, I need to be practicing those things. So if I'm going to be a coach, like this isn't to say that, you know, coaches are 100 percent perfect all the time because no one is. But um, it is to say that you should be trying your your best to be that example of the things that you're saying. So like if I'm saying, okay, like, you know, nutrition is something that you should be paying attention to and making sure that you're um you know, getting your workouts in and getting good sleep and hydration. These are things that I, you know, I want to be and I need to be practicing myself so that um, I am a living example of that as well. And I, you know, my goal is to inspire people to understand that you can, um, you can change the things that you want to change about yourself. It's just a matter of intention. And for me, you know, fitness is a way to uh, kind of, it's a road to self-improvement and self-development and the things that I've learned as well from my fitness journey, like mentally, I would say, um, you know, the things that I've kind of the lessons that I've encountered have improved aspects of my life and relationships and, and elsewhere as well. So, um, I think fitness is something that is really important to me because it's not just about fitness as well. Like it has impacts on those other areas of life and it kind of goes back to showing up for, um, showing up in all areas of your life and you can't, necessarily do that unless you're taking care of yourself as well it's something i strongly believe yeah i totally agree so uh, let's get back to kind of social media stuff a little bit and talk about um when you're scrolling through on social media you don't really know let's say you um i see an amazing physique and i'm like wow that guy looks phenomenal i'd love to look like that but you don't actually know what work is going into that and what uh what that person is actually willing to do. And, uh, that could be, we could be talking about just tons more workouts than you have time for, or just more total duration of workout time every single week, or just extremely strict on their nutrition or willing to take, uh, drugs when you're not willing to do that. So how do you kind of, um, bring that into, into the picture as you're, um, thinking about how to use social social media mindfully well it definitely muddies the picture doesn't it because if you're comparing your you know your year one or your year two or even your year five to somebody else's year five but the things that they've been doing and the things that you've been doing are not the same then that's another reason to be like okay why are you why are you comparing these things um so maybe they have been uh Maybe they've nailed their training and, you know, this isn't something that anybody does in my opinion, but um, maybe they've been nailing their training like since the day they they picked up a weight or they've been, you know, hitting their nutrition targets and and 
knew kind of what nutrition they need to support their training the entire time they've been doing things. Or maybe they've just been doing that for longer than you. Maybe it hasn't been the entire time. Um, and you don't see these things, you know, these, these, you don't see everything that this person does in a single day or in a month or in a year. You know, social media is a very um, curated kind of highlight reel of people's lives. And you don't necessarily see all that's going on. Like, I want to give an example here. Um, Let's think about like the Hollywood um, celebrity transformations that we see. Like we see these people who went from, you know, looking like, you know, like, okay, maybe they work out kind of hard to tell, um, generally a fit person. And then they kind of just blow up and they're insanely muscular and ripped. And you're like, how did this happen in such a short period of time? And the things that they might say are like, um, uh, oh, I, I've been doing work, two workouts a day. And I've been, you know, following a strict uh, meal plan of chicken, broccoli and rice. And, uh, you know, I work harder than everyone else. And I'm intermittent fasting and just like doing all these really extreme things. And I think people have this perception that that is what it takes in order to get results quickly or um, to get kind of these uh, impressive uh, outcomes. And in reality, uh, a lot of these things are ones that are actually counterproductive for most people. And uh, the reason I say that is like, if you are new to training and you're training twice a day and you're feeling like you have to stick to this super strict uh, diet, you're going to burn out pretty quickly. And I think it's a lot of it is about, you know, meeting yourself where you're at now and recognizing um, what are the things that I can do right now and that these things that these people are doing might be kind of a facade to cover up some of the other things that uh, are going on behind the scenes like you talked about, Um, like, you know, performance enhancing drugs, things that allow you to get results in really short time frames. So going back to your initial question, um, you don't necessarily see everything that's going on behind the scene. And that might apply to individuals who have physiques that you want that have taken long time periods to build. Like you might not see everything that they've done up until that point. Um, And it might just take you, you know, you might get there. It might just take you a little bit longer because you're at a different point in your journey. Um, But you can also kind of apply that same uh, thinking to, you know, you don't see everything that's going behind the scenes to things that happen in very short periods of time and, um, things that kind of seem out of the ordinary. Yeah. It's really important to understand that achieving a, a great physique does not require fitness being your number one priority. It does not require tofu, broccoli, and rice at every meal. It does not require a hundred percent consistency. And I think people tend to look at fitness through that lens and, um, we've talked previously about kind of an all or nothing mentality. And I think lots of people, uh, unfortunately believe that all in is the only way to go. And if you're not going that way, then it's, um, then you're not actually going to see results, which is not true. It really comes down to, um, being mostly consistent and focusing on the right things, not extreme things, but focusing on doing the right things with your nutrition, training, um, feeding your mind with positive food uh, every single day, and um, just committing to the long term instead of focusing on these um, extreme transformations or people who are 10 years into fitness and it's been their number one priority since day one and they're willing to do whatever it takes including drugs or whatever else to achieve a very uh um crazy physique yeah and it's important i think as well to reflect on the fact that a lot of these people that are doing these extreme things like they some of the reason that that is what they are kind of presenting to people is because that's what gets the clicks and that's what gets the engagement. Like doing the kind of simple, boring things that actually get results are not things that they want to talk about because that's not what's going to get them uh, engagement and views. You know, it is like the weird things that draw people in and and get more engagement and come have them coming back to their page. And I think that some of the most impressive bodies that we see on social media, um, physiques that we see on social media, we don't necessarily 
consider the way that these algorithms work. So I just mentioned, you know, they're promoting these kind of extreme or flashy things to, to get engagement. Um, and another way that you can kind of get engagement is just by having, you know, an insanely impressive physique. And uh, again, you know, the things that are going to get the most clicks and go out to most people are the most impressive, the most crazy transformations, the most uh, impressive looking people, the most attractive looking people. And, you know, the more people that engage with that, the more people that click on that, you see that more and more and more in your explore page. So let's say you start looking at these impressive physiques, you're clicking on another one. Oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. I click on it, click on it. And, uh, you know, you're starting to maybe have some of those negative self-talk creep in like, oh, I wish I looked like that person or how did they get to look like that? And quickly, what starts to happen is that the lens in which you view the world is through this very narrow filter and you're seeing the top point zero zero one percent of individuals on uh, on these pages and you start to think that that is the reality of the world and it's not only that you're seeing these individuals uh like the top point zero zero one percent of of people um in terms of like attractiveness or uh you know how their uh physique looks but you're also seeing them at their best moment so you're seeing them you know under ideal conditions with insane lighting uh with a pump in the gym with the best camera the best lens the best angle uh and then afterwards they're they're putting on filters maybe they're applying photoshop to that and then you're taking that best moment that's everything you see in your feed is everyone's best moment and then you look at yourself in the mirror after you ate a big meal and maybe it's a, a particular like unflattering moment and you compare your worst to someone else's best it's no wonder that like body dysmorphia and just the way that people view themselves is is start like for a lot of people is completely warped yeah yeah it's so true you're seeing the one in a million person uh the one in a million physique at like their absolute best moments and i if um I've now had some experience in doing like fitness photo shoots and stuff like that. Lighting makes an incredible difference. It completely changes uh, your physique. So that is uh, that's a big one. And you're right. The right angles. Um, uh, we don't use filters. I don't really believe in that. But there are lots of people who do use filters and that can um, have the perception of making you look uh, thinner or have less blemishes or whatever that is, that stuff is, um, just feeding into, uh, making this person look even more attractive, more fit, whatever it is. And that can really mess with you mentally. If you are using those as kind of your standard for fitness. And I promise you, if you saw these people in real life, you would not, you would not think the same things. Like they would look, you know, obviously they would still look impressive, but they wouldn't necessarily look the same insane way that you would expect because all of those conditions are not present. You know, they're just walking around being um, a regular person. And uh, I think this is even like another kind of way to look at this is if you go outside and you just like, take a look around at the people that you see, where are these people? Like they're nowhere to be found. You Like, okay, let's say maybe you go to like this well-known like bodybuilding gym, you know, way out somewhere. Okay, maybe you'll find a couple of them. But if you're just going out in your everyday life, like the grocery store, the mall, and you're just walking around, like you're not gonna find these people. If you are putting time into your health and your fitness, you're already doing more than, you know, 99% of people out there. And I think that that is important to realize. Like you don't want to let your reality get distorted by the things that you see. And that isn't to say that, you know, you can't be inspired and, you know, recognize that there are still things that you can do better as an individual. Like just because you started um, with your health and fitness and you're doing more than most people, that doesn't mean that that's an excuse to say, oh, you know, at least I'm, I'm giving it a try. Like I'm doing better than most people. It's fine if I don't, if I skip this workout, it's fine if I, you know, don't stick to my nutrition. No, it's not to say that at all. Like you should be doing the best that you can do um, in every moment. And I, and I do believe that. But I think, you know, 
having these people be your standard and recognizing that they are, you know, the unicorns or the, you know, the, the, the point zero zero one percent is something that's really important to keep in mind as you're, you know, consuming social media. Yeah. And, uh, another huge difference, um, kind of beyond lighting and stuff like that is your level of leanness. Like if you are, um, I look, I look way more jacked at 170 pounds when I'm like 7% body fat than when I'm 195 pounds at, uh, whatever it is, uh, 14, 15% body fat, maybe 16. Um, there's a huge difference. Like I will actually look bigger. Well, I guess the, uh, the difference is when you have a shirt off, like when I have a shirt on, I look kind of small and <laughs> kind of lean and scrawny when I, when I'm, uh, at a, a really lean physique, but you take your shirt off and you look like pretty, pretty jacked, especially once you get a pump and, uh, you get the right lighting and just like everything is, is, uh, just perfect for a photo shoot or whatever you're doing. But I think it's important to understand that that, uh, look is not sustainable, nor is it really like, it's, it's not actually fun, really. <laughs> like, uh, any point where I've gotten to my leanest, um, which has probably been around 7% body fat that I never, I never feel great. I, I don't really, I don't really like the way I look unless I have a pump under some down lighting and I'm looking in a mirror, like then I look pretty good. But, um, just looking in the bathroom mirror after taking a shower, like I feel kind of small, scrawny. And, um, so that's a huge, uh, huge thing to keep in mind as well. Like these, these people who might, uh, um, look really great with the right angle and, uh, the, the right lighting and the, the pump and all of that, uh, they, they don't look like that all the time. And they, um, we've heard, I've heard lots of these influencer people who have these great physiques saying, yeah, I don't feel great when I'm like this lean or like, yeah, this is, I'm only doing this for a short period of time. And then immediately they go back into kind of a, a reverse diet and start gaining some body fat back. And I think also, um, most, uh, not that this should be like the primary kind of consideration, but, uh, most people don't, uh, tend to find that as like the most attractive kind of physique anyways. And, uh, I guess, I guess this is especially relevant for guys. Like the, uh, most people who look at crazy, like ripped male physiques are other guys <laughs> who are like, <laughs> who are like, wow, you look so good. <laughs> And it's like, it's mostly, uh, there was a, uh, there's this funny YouTube video that was made by Jim shark and it's, uh, uh, Chris Bumstead, C, uh, bum, uh, who's like, uh, an incredible bodybuilder. He's actually like a really down to earth guy from everything I can tell. He seems like a really cool dude. Um, but he's reading like these tweets and stuff of, I've seen that. <laughs> of all these guys. And it's like pretty much all guys. You're like, oh yeah, you look amazing. Like, yeah. I want to look like you. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, um, and, and yeah, like that's, that's in reality kind of how it goes. And there's, uh, that's, that's, uh, quite possibly true for women as well. I don't, I don't, I'm not an expert at that, but, um, but I think that's an important thing to keep in mind also like these you're looking at um, what what truly matters. At the end of the day, it's like, how do I feel in my own body? Like, do I feel good about how I look? It's not, do I look like that person? Because, I, I, for example, like Chris Bumstead, when he's uh, prepping for stage and he's getting ready to step onto the Olympia stage, like he does not maintain that physique year round, and he um, has said like, yeah, this isn't sustainable. I don't, uh, it's, it's, it's really challenging mentally, physically, like this is draining. I don't feel great. So that's just another thing to consider is like, first of all, do you actually feel healthy? Do you like the way that you, that you feel year round is what you are, um, is kind of like your physique sustainable over a longer period of time. I prefer being, I leaner. I like being relatively lean. I like having some ab definition year round, but I don't need an eight pack year round. 
And for me, that doesn't even feel great. And the, the other kind of interesting thing is that, um, from my experience, most women don't find that to be like the most attractive either. Um, not that that should be like a primary consideration, uh, but that's just another point of reference that just kind of reinforces the fact that, yeah, that's not something, that's not something you need to really idolize. I think it's a matter of perspective. Like, uh, the only person who realistically cares about if you're, you know, shredded or not is yourself (laughs) and nobody else. Like that doesn't, just because you don't have a six pack doesn't mean that you're not like a, a you know a good uh, sibling or parent or you know um, coworker uh, and some of these other things like people who are maintaining these sort of physiques year round like you don't again going back to the you don't see everything behind the scenes you don't see how they treat people like I've I've heard of so many stories of like oh yeah this person looks great but they're a total like you know, they're a total asshole in real life. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, why does it even matter if you're not like, you know, if you're not using it as a positive thing to show up more powerfully in your life and going back to the, like, yeah, you, you also, I think don't necessarily have a perception of like what it is to be lean year round. Like you said, like it's, it's not that fun. It's, you know, you're hungry, you're a little bit more irritable. Um, you're always feeling like you're eating less food than you want to be eating. Maybe your training isn't going as well as it wants. And you're just kind of more food focused. Like there's a lot of, you know, negative side of things as well. Like the positive is that when you take your shirt off, you look sick like that, like that's the positive, but to, to some people, yeah, just, yeah, exactly. To <laughs> some people, to guys, generally to just, you look sick yeah. to guys and you get <laughs> a lot of compliments. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think, uh, you know, it can be a cool thing to experience. And like for myself, I like, I was, you know, on the overweight side of things for most of my life, I finally had that six or that eight pack and I I felt like I had to hold on to it for so long. And then once I kind of let that go, I just found that my quality of life all around was better if I let myself, you know, float up to a little bit of a higher, you know, still in a healthy range, but one where I actually felt better and uh, didn't feel like I had to maintain something that was unrealistic for me. Yeah, I personally find that the 12 to 15 percent body range that's where I am most comfortable at because I still have ab definition, but I'm not super lean. It doesn't require a hundred percent like dietary adherence and you just have some more flexibility and I am happier. I feel healthier kind of at that uh, body fat range. And for women, it's going to a healthy body fat range is going to be higher. Um, but yeah, it's just, I think that's an important thing to consider is like what, um, like what can I be doing over the long term, and what what is like actually aligned with my my health goals, and how do I kind of fit fitness into my life, not let it become my life? And for most people, that's what you want. And maybe those one in a million people that we're scrolling through on Instagram, fitness is generally their life. That's kind of the main thing that they that they're prioritizing. And, uh, I don't think that's, uh, that's true for the vast majority of people. So something to keep in mind. Um, so how do you decide who to follow on social media? Well, I think it goes back to what you were just saying right then is like each fitness should be a positive thing and it shouldn't necessarily be something that's bringing you down or making you feel bad about yourself. So, um, one of the things that I've kind of started to do over, uh, the last couple of years is when I come across, somebody who makes me feel a certain way, um, I reflect on why it is that I'm feeling that way. And then also if this person is adding value to my life. And that's kind of the ultimate question that I, that I come back on every time I think about like who I want to follow. And it's very easy to just like follow someone and then, you know, you're just following them for the rest of time and not think about it. Um, but I try to be very intentional with the things that I have in my feed. And um, the way that I've kind of done that is, okay, if I come across somebody and I feel inspired or motivated, or I feel like, hey, I I learned something from this person today, like this was really educational and I want to learn more from them, um, then I consider following them and I look at their content and it's like, yeah, this is all stuff that's, you know, looks pretty good to me. Um, But if it's somebody who, you know, they're just posting physique photos and the only reason that I'm following them is because they look sick and I want to look like that. Um, But then I also start to notice like, you know, maybe it's not like, oh, I want to look like that. I'm going to go work harder in the gym so I can look like them. Maybe it's more on the side of I'll never look like them. Like 
I feel bad about myself, I should be where they're at. Then I'll just say, okay, you know, there are people who I can follow who I admire their physiques, but they also provide other things. Like they provide education, they provide um, maybe some kind of source of motivation for me. Um, I want to follow more of those people and more and less of the people who um, maybe aren't making me feel so great about myself. And that isn't to say that necessarily the people who don't make you feel so great about yourself are bad people. It's just like that is a reflection of the way that you feel you feel about a certain thing and you don't necessarily need to give your attention or your energy to that. And you can, you know, you can cultivate things so that you're following more of the people who are providing value and, you know, positivity into your life. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great, uh, kind of filter to distinguish people who you should follow versus should not follow. And I think that's, that's actually a great filter for life in general. Like does this thing, does this person, does this, um, hobby does this priority does this add value to my life or is it taking away value from my life and I think that's a phenomenal way to view social media and I think social media can really be used as a tool for good I think uh, there are lots of things that could be improved about it but um, I think at the end of the day all of that stuff is really within your control so you can say hey um, this is the stuff that I want to be, uh, bringing into my life. And these are the, this is the kind of content that I want to be feeding my mind and kind of, I want to bring that kind of energy into my life versus this is the stuff that I should, uh, keep away. Yeah. Ultimately it's, it's a tool and it's about how you use it. And, you know, we're not trying to demonize, you know, Instagram, Facebook, any kind of social media and say, Oh, it's bad. It's terrible. You shouldn't use it. Like, um, the, the VSA community is so great for that reason, because it allows us to connect with like-minded people and share positivity. And that's a pretty special thing. So I think it's kind of all about the, the way that you use it. And, uh, I love the analogy that you made to like, that's kind of a mindset you should take through the rest of your life as well. Like, uh, consider what things are, are adding value and what things maybe aren't serving you. And, uh, I think that's a good thing to consider with your priority list as well. Like being very clear, what are my priorities? Which of these things like, what am I doing right now and what do I want to be doing? And maybe cutting out some of the stuff that you don't necessarily, that doesn't necessarily serve you and your greater goals or purpose and replacing them with more of the habits that will get you there. Yeah. Awesome. Do you have any other thoughts regarding social media use? I think that's uh, pretty much all I wanted to say. I feel like it was a pretty comprehensive discussion and uh, we hit on a lot of points that I think people get a lot of value out of. So yeah, that's all I have to say. Yeah, that, this was an awesome conversation. So thank you so much for your time, Ben. Hope you really enjoyed listening to this and we'll catch you on the next episode. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode. To take the next step in your vegan fitness journey and get access to all our best content for free, check out theveganjim.com. We'll teach you everything you need to know to torch body fat, break through plateaus, build lean vegan muscle, and supercharge your health. Get started right now at theveganjim.com. Until next time, peace, love, and gains.